Welcome to Barrels and Burbs with hosts John Ingle and Roberto Cabrera. Over the next hour, you're going to learn some insider knowledge that will help you overcome and strategize in the cutthroat world of real estate. Now, here are your hosts, John and Roberto. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Burrows and Burbs. We're on episode 116. We're three years into this, I guess, moving into our fourth season. And this is the first time we're doing a show on Puerto Rico. I've been to Puerto Rico several times. So I am personally uh, fascinated by Puerto Rico and uh, been wanting to do this show for three years and finally getting to do it. We've got Alberto Baco Baguet of the Partnership for Modern Puerto Rico. And we've got Angus Beaver. Say hello, Angus. Hello. How are you? Excellent. And he's a realtor. And we're going to talk about the real estate market there. We're going to talk with uh, Alberto about uh, the tax incentives and a lot of the financial uh, changes that have been made to stimulate tourism. Uh, before that, I want to start by introducing my partner, Roberto. Say hello. How are you guys? Hello, everybody. I've been to Puerto Rico once, but it was like 30 years ago. So we'll see how it's changed. Okay. And where are you, uh, where are you calling in from? Oh, I'm, you know, in the center of the universe, Manhattan. <laughs> Upper West Side. All right. And I've got Scott Hobbs in, uh, where are you, Scott? Are you in Connecticut? All right. Yeah, He'll be helping us out. Uh, before we begin, I just want to say thank you. Our sponsor, gracefarms.org. You can go visit gracefarms.org. And please, please visit our sponsor, buy their teas and coffees, and sponsor their Design for Freedom initiative. Um, and with that, let's start our show on Puerto Rico. Angus, why don't you orient us on Puerto Rico? I'm going to pull up the map, and I want you to tell us about uh, the major points of interest in Puerto Rico. Um, I, and I do believe Alberto's joined us, isn't he? Isn't he? I lost him right there, but he's yes, no, him. I'm here. Hi, Alberto. <laughs> hello, ah, hello. there, there he is. Here. He, he's the most casually, you know, always the least ca least overdressed guy is the guy with all the power, right? <laughs> you know, you're in the Caribbean. Uh, I was going to wear a flowered shirt just for the hell of it, but I, uh, John told me it was okay to look, you know, like a a straight guy in Connecticut. But I'm going to anyway, pull up, so, while you're talking, I want to pull up Alberto's website. Alberto is a very important guy. This is uh, Alberto's Wikipedia page. And then when you go to his website, you realize that Alberto has been spending, what, 30, 35 years uh, promoting Puerto Rico to major, major businesses. Uh, let's see, clients uh, like John Paulson, uh, major, major clients who are looking at Puerto Rico and trying to do business there and taking advantage of the new tax incentives. I think one of your most recent jobs was uh, for the Partnership for More Modern Puerto Rico. And were you the head of finance for one of the recent governments there? Yes, I was a secretary of economic development. Basically, when this movement of capital began to Puerto Rico and to when I, I describe it as human capital and wealth that it has it it began so I'm surprised you have been only one time in 30 years uh, well when we began the process everybody said uh, uh, what are you doing in Puerto Rico uh, now they say what happened that you are not in Puerto Rico? So things have changed in the last two, 10 years. Yeah. So is that when was that era that you're talking about all that wealth? And the reason why I haven't gone is my parents from Dominican Republic. So that's where I go. <laughs> Very good. Uh, I hope that after after we have this conversation, you get uh, enthusiasm. Well, uh, we began this movement in 2012. I was Secretary of Economic Development from 2012 to 2016. Um, I have kept involved with this movement. Uh, after that, uh, I have a foundation that is a economic development foundation. It's a 501c3 and a, and a local non-for-profit, which our main uh, objective is continue to promote Puerto Rico and the, and the attraction of uh, uh, human capital, wealth, 
eh, the diaspora, the successful diaspora to move back to Puerto Rico eh, based on opportunities that are right now eh, happening. Um, eh, through this process, eh, I can guarantee with numbers, names, eh, that there's no place in the world right now eh, on a per capita basis receiving eh, the number of eh, millionaires that have moved to Puerto Rico and they are successful. Eh, it was a matter of time until they began engaged eh, to invest in, in local projects that enthuse them. Eh, so now they are beginning to invest. We are beginning to see eh, big resorts that were paralyzed for 20, 30 years, eh, which are beginning to be developed. Aubergine de Soleil is eh, in the process of developing in the East Coast. Eh, Dan Moorhead acquired Royal Isabella eh, in the West Coast eh, with a, a huge eh, a project that eh, will impact all that area. And as that real estate eh, is, is eh, on a no, new phase of eh, eh, construction, of new type of construction. Um, we, we, we are not, and we don't want to copy other places. We are our own personality, Puerto Rico. What it has to offer to the world is diversity. It, it's, its people are passionate and uh, it's, a, it's part of the United States. When John Paulson uh, came to Puerto Rico to invest in 2013. Alberto, Alberto. Everybody says, come invest here. I want to get real specific. I got to get oriented. I, I need to come away from this hour knowing exactly where to go in Puerto Rico and where to deploy and why. And why is Puerto Rico better than, say, Hawaii or, or Florida or any place, any other place? So I'm going to start by saying that the first thing that's exciting about Puerto Rico is it's considered part of the United States. It's not like the rest of the Caribbean. Angus, tell me some more reasons why Puerto Rico sets itself apart. Well, so it, it, you're protect, moving to Puerto Rico, being a, a native Manhattanite, moving to Puerto Rico is, and I've it, over 30 years of having property on the island of Culebra and having been a rather large landholder there. It's off there. It's right between the Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico. It's artificially called the last Virgin Virgin Island because there's 1,600 people there versus, say, St. Thomas with 80,000 and um, so forth. But the reason I- um, There's nothing there was, going on there. Are you kidding well, that's me? Why, that's pretty much why I like it. There's 1,600 people. It's probably one of the top water sports places in the world. It Amazing looks like the set of Survivor. Well, Are you kidding no, me? That's, that's an island off the coast that may have been recently bought by Larry Page, who's the co-founder of Google. Okay. Now he's like, he represents kind of the people that are starting to move to Puerto Rico because in Puerto Rico and, and Alberto uh, told me this not too long ago, he created the law back in 2012 based on the axiom, the revolutionary war axiom of no taxation without representation. And when you move to the Commonwealth, the territory of Puerto Rico, you give up certain th things to be not in a state, which are namely the right to vote on a federal level. They are not, you can't vote for a president, you don't have a senator, and you don't have congressmen. Uh, conversely, they have no taxation. You are not taxed by the IRS. So when I moved to um, Puerto Rico, I stopped sending my checks every year to the Washington. I sent them to San Juan. Their version of the IRS is called Hacienda. And bottom line is they have now created a um, incentive for people that they want in Puerto Rico and all, to come to Puerto Rico. And it includes things like 5% capital gains taxes, uh, zero dividends taxes. And I'm not talking like in Florida and Nevada and Wyoming where it's zero state. I'm talking zero you know, taxes on a federal level. And so people- Do I have to physically move to Puerto Rico to take advantage of Act 20, Act 22, and Act 60? It's all been rolled into Act 60, right, Alberto? Yes, uh, all, all our 
uh, all incentives are under one law now that is law 60. So I can go. Is I that, can is that uh, what qualifies you as permanent is being beyond the 186 days a year or whatever? It is, uh, that's one of the tests, 183 days, which actually is less because you have an allowance of 30 days to travel to any part of the world. Uh, and it's kind of flexible. The most important thing is that you actually become a resident, that your main place of business is located in Puerto Rico, that you can prove the IRS that uh, your uh, all your uh, way of living uh, indicates that you that's your main resident. Yeah, so you could keep a second home in New York. You can uh, travel all the time to New York. You can uh, work uh, two or three days a week in New York. Uh, it, it, that's not the issue. The issue is that that you become a resident. Uh, uh, you don't vote anymore in the U.S., but uh, you're still a U.S. citizen. Puerto Rico is USA. That That's one of the misconceptions. Is USA, all the laws of the United States apply except the IRS. We have FBI, no IRS. We have the DEA, we have everything. Uh, and that's one of the reasons that investors are so happy because they have the federal uh, uh, courts in Puerto Rico. So but investors I, I, say, I, I, I will I, never invest in Panama. What, uh, if, what I, I hear you saying is I can shelter my federal income if I move there for 180 plus plus one day. Well, I, I would say it's the only code. place in the world. It's the only place in the world that a U.S. citizen can legally, morally, and everything avoid the IRS. It's the only place where there's critical mass, that there's a, a city that is everything that you will find in any big destination. At the same time, there's diversity. There's a, a tropical forest. There are beautiful beaches. It is a diverse, big place. You can also do it in other territories, but they are very small. They don't have critical mass. In Puerto Rico, it's United States, and it's the only real place that you can do all kind of business and still keep the U.S. citizenship. I think that people that renounce U.S. citizenship for tax reasons are fools and their advisors should be taken to jail. Mm -hmm. um, it's very interesting, like the Dorrance family, you know, a lot of them moved to the Bahamas, but you have to give up your U.S. passport for 10 years. So they were sheltering. And it, it speaks to also the type of people who are moving down there, venture capital people, hedge funds. You do business offshore, you're trading, but you're based in Puerto Rico. That income, and, and, and Alberto could speak to it more about what the actual rates are, is Puerto Rico sourced income. Now, the real reason for the 180 days, so to speak, is not so much just Puerto Rico wants to establish a residency, but that's what New York, California, and everybody else is, you know, they're, they would love to, they want to keep these people. These very wealthy people are moving to Puerto Rico, and there goes money from their coffers. So it's really about protecting yourself from New York going, you're not really a Puerto Rican resident. We're still going to tax you. So the 180, I thought it was 187 and a half days. But at any rate, it's really one of the main reasons that, um, you know, you have to move there just like you have to move to Florida for 187 days. You have to establish residency. And recently, the newest augmentation to the um, uh, law was that you actually have to buy a home in Puerto Rico. And so that's been very good for obviously the Puerto Rican real estate business. And it's also created a lot of, you know, need for high end luxury homes. And I say that because as I may have told you guys before, I had a fabulous tour by Margaret Pena Alberto of uh, Sotheby's over in um, Dorado, which is a rock resort, an old Rockefeller resort. And um, lo and behold, uh, it's now, sort of run by the Ritz-Carlton. 
And she pointed from the golf cart where you're running around at a nice house. And this is the beginning of 2020, right before COVID. And she said, I broke all the records in Puerto Rico. I sold that house for 12 million last week, last year. And I said, oh, very impressive. It wasn't even on the beach. I said, oh, good for you. And I kind of thought, wow, the market's top number was 12 million. She goes, I sold it last week for 32 million. In one year, $20 million appreciation. And that's because of the need, the desire to be, you know, in kind of an upscale neighborhood, right? So I that, mean, that's, that's a that's a good segue. Let's let's bounce around the map since it's up on the screen right now and talk to me about say the the top four or five or six destinations for the wealthy in Puerto Rico. We've got I, San, I, I will, San Juan, I, and everybody I knows what, about. What? Condado right next okay. to old San Juan. But where else can I go on let, the island? Let me let me take a shot, but before that, uh, last night I had dinner in a new restaurant they opened at Dorado Beach, that resort that Angus was mentioning. Uh, it's called Flor, Flor de Sal, Italian. Uh, excellent, excellent, a uh, five-star. Uh, but I realized that that resort have become so unique with all that they offer as a community, there's no resort, and I challenge anyone to present to me a five-star resort that is 25 minutes from a main city that offers the diversity that Dorado Beach offers right now. Beautiful beach. It will have four golf courses. It it have a magnificent now just inaugurated complex of picketball and all kind of uh, courts that you can imagine for families. Uh, it it has become the most complete resort in the United States that is near a city, and and that is very unique. But to answer your question, the main places that are very diverse is Old San Juan. Old San Juan is in the United States. It's part of the United States. And it's the oldest functioning city. It's a, a city from the Spanish times. And it has the oldest uh, governor's mansion in this hemisphere that is actually lives uh, where a governor lives and works. And it's a dual. And there's amazing architectural properties in Old San Juan. So Old San Juan is a destination. Condado and is a destination. Bahia Beach in in uh, the East Coast is a destination. What I call the 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 Marine Triangle is a, a fishing and wildlife destination that includes Culebra, Vieques, and the East Coast of Puerto Rico, where there's a conquistador. Uh, there is a Marina Puerto del Rey, Palmas del Mar. Mar, and soon it will be the Overye de Soleil, and soon take this one, Discovery Land is beginning to develop in Roosevelt Roads. And but, for those of you that know Discovery Land, they are well capitalized, uh, and what they do is great things. So Alberta so that's the East Coast. Alberto, I didn't know that. Discovery Land is the George Clooney associated group that owns the Yellowstone Club. Yes. Um, the, um, the Roosevelt Roads was a, a large Navy base on the eastern uh, point of Puerto Rico, uh, right near um, uh, Fajardo. And it was the largest physical Navy base in the Atlantic. It was, I don't know how many thousands of acres, but uh, Puerto Rico has been trying to basically do something with that. And obviously, if Discovery Land is taking it over, they're going to be doing huge, super high-end homes, you know, with the golf courses, et cetera, there. Um, I also say I know, and probably Alberto knows, a gentleman um, is doing 3,000 acres in southwest Puerto Rico near Cabo Rojo. And I was told that Discovery had something to do with that as well. And I think they're also doing it. And I'm what we're really talking about are, I guess, walled uh, resorts and, um, you know, places that people feel safe. 
that it's uh, the neighborhoods are very homogenous, but they're sort of Beverly Hills type qualities. I mean, I would imagine that's the case. Um, and there are lots of international money, Paulson, um, Nick Prouty, a bunch of people have gone in there and are buying, and now obviously Discovery Land, Ritz Carlton, et cetera, are doing, you know, buying up large old fincas and turning them into sort of Lyford Key type places. But they go there not just for vacation, they're going there to work. And that's because the tax benefits, if you're a hedge funder and you get clinged 30% for every trade you make, well, go to Puerto Rico, you only get hit for 5%. And that's flat. That's a flat capital gains tax. So, you know, you're up 25% on your competition every time you make a trade. All right. So I, I, I got to ask about the airport. The number one airport in the Caribbean by far is San Juan. And I've got to believe that that is a major reason uh, you have to be able to get there and you have to be able to get there cheaply and you have to be able to get there from everywhere for a place to experience economic development. Number two is uh, a distant second is St. Martin's Airport. And, and, oh. and this airport can carry a lot more volume, which is that the, the beauty of it. It's uh, the government uh, privatized it and the companies that is managing it have created additional capabilities to handle more traffic, number one. And very interesting, uh, the airlift uh, to Puerto Rico from the U.S. have increased substantially. So there's a lot of alternatives, very cheap to come to Puerto Rico. So uh, you now fly, have flights even from Denver direct uh, that we didn't used to have from St. Louis, from places that we had never had uh, direct flights uh, at very reasonable prices. So air airlift to Puerto Rico uh, it is is it has become a, a very uh, available. One fact that is very important and is also unknown is that fifty percent of the U.S. residents don't have a passport, and you don't need a passport to come to Puerto Rico. So uh, uh, we are underdeveloped in number of rooms, and what we are beginning to see is an activation of hotel development. Uh, because I, of the need for additional rooms. And 98% of Puerto Rico is a federal opportunity zone. So in theory, you could move down there, avoid federal taxes, invest in hospitality or just development, and you can avoid you know, income taxes for the first 10 years. And then there's all sorts of hospitality incentives from the Puerto Rican government to make you build hotels. And I say this because I'm looking at something that I think was off of Alberto's website that uh, in Hawaii, Hawaii has a population of 1.4 million. It boasts 57,000 hotel rooms. Puerto Rico, which has a population of 3.4 million, has just 15,000 hotel rooms. That's a ratio in Hawaii of one hotel room for 24 residents. In Puerto Rico, it's one hotel room for 227. There's a 10 to 1 ratio that Hawaii has over Puerto Rico for hotel rooms. And I'd say this because there's also a heck of a lot more area in Puerto Rico than in uh, the cumulative state of Hawaii. So what is the 2%? Thoughts, I, want, I want to tie these two thoughts together. I get that I can fly into San Juan and I get that from San Juan, I can go 45 minutes to the West, to Dorado, where some of the most extraordinary Rich Carlton and Rockefeller-based properties exist. And I know I can go 20 minutes to the east and find the Condado Beach where all those hotel rooms, those 15,000 hotel rooms are all stacked up on Condado Beach. But you're talking about places like Cabo Rojo and Culebra and Vieques that are hours away by 20 car. minute by a puddle jump, 20 minute. Okay, so is that how Puerto Rico is developing outside of the San Juan area. And a guy like me can look outside the San Juan area because I can get there easily and cheaply with a puddle jumper from the San Juan airport. And there's good highways. 
But um, there's a lot of other, I mean, Alberto mentioned uh, John Paulson, who's bought a lot of properties. He has another place that's going to be a, a Dorado Ritz-Carlton style resort, and that's to the east. It's maybe 30 minutes to the east on a road, so you could commute. Yeah, it's over there in Rio Grande. Um, Is that San Regis? Yeah. Oh, he's doing it with the St. Regis flag. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's down in the south, down by Najab, Nayabo, Naguabo, down below. Mm -hmm. That is where the pa Palmas del Mar, another fabulous resort that's been there for a long time, suffered. But that's a very hot place, too, and it's beautiful. It's probably got two, maybe three golf courses, beautiful. And then where you see Saba right there, just to the north, that whole area to the right of it, that green harbor and everything else, that's the land that was the Roosevelt Roads, the Navy base. And all that is going to be developed, I guess, by, um, by that land company. What's it called? The George Discovery Land. Discovery no. Land Group, who, you know, owns the Yellowstone Club, which like Bill Gates and the rest of them. And it has world, I mean, that alone, that, air, that Roosevelt Roads, because it was a major Navy base, has a huge airstrip that they could land, you know, 747s, much less bombers. I mean, that's what was there. So they're going to be able to probably, assumably, fly in uh, certainly a lot of private. And I say this working just from being an observer and not being down there all the time. And, and Alberto, I want it for the record, I haven't lived there full time for nine years. So when I go back in another year, I can qualify for the law 60. So can I ask I'm you saying, guys something? Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying that it's just, um, you know, there's, it's and then there's coffee plantations up in the hills that you know are screaming for educated uh, fabulous you know growers i'm amazed there's not more agriculture there um there could be aquaculture there could be all sorts of sort of interesting ventures um you know because it is i mean it is way below the tropic so you never have to worry about frost why there's no citrus I don't know. I do know because of Operation Bootstrap in the 1940s. But at any rate, um, there's huge opportunities there. And Alberto, to much of his credit, one of the real reasons he did this law was to all these Puerto Rican kids, they go to great schools, Harvard, Yale, all this stuff in the north. And then they stay and they work in New York City and they go to work for Goldman, Goldman Sachs. He, want, he was worried about the brain drain, and that was expedited by the huge hurricane, Maria, in 2018. And a lot of the middle class started leaving. And it took that long, even though the law was in place since 2012, to get people, you know, financial advisors to go, oh, there's an alternative to Florida. Maybe you could move to Puerto Rico. So anyway, that's for the story. No. Puerto so Rico has become a, a unique place where people that have moved here and i'm sure you have friends already that have moved what they say is what they like most are the people and that's a hundred percent have answered to me that way the people of puerto rico that they are passionate that they care and what they like of the dynamic is that they feel that they have gone back to college years because <laughs> they are meeting so many uh, entrepreneurial, successful people that are already in their second stage where they have been successful and they are getting into their second project. And there's such a different conversation and and, uh, and a way of meeting new, new friends. Uh, Puerto Rico has created a unique uh, ambiance, uh, uh, it, it, and I'm, I'm proud, and that's why I, I, I say it. It's not only the opportunities. The opportunities are incredible because tourism and agriculture are underdeveloped because we were focused only on manufacturing. And the world changed, and luckily we have stabilized manufacture, but now we are more diverse. And we are we have a strong uh, tourism industry growing, and a strong agriculture where we have crops that rotate three times in a year. Where in the states they rotate only one, 
Uh, and and there are niches that Puerto Rico is very interesting for for agriculture. What's the status of the Johns Hopkins facility down there? Uh, it's uh, uh, it's already open. It's I will say uh, these places take some time to to be fully operational with all the expert the, the different uh, areas of practice. But is 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 already coming very well. It's in the Dorado area. I think the developer of that of Dorado is a person I distinguish, and he he ought to make as much money as he can make because he was the only Puerto Rican that, as a developer, stayed believing in Puerto Rico for ten very difficult years we had, and he's the one that made all this movement possible because he continued building great houses. Uh, he built a school where is called Tassis and where all the kids of the new residents are going. And then he built a hospital uh, uh, um, in joint venture with uh, John Hopkins. And uh, I have no doubt that as it matures, it will be a world-class uh, facility. Yeah. Roberta. I mean, um, medical-wise, Puerto Rico always used to be, you go down island, you go to, you know, St. Bart's or whatever, and they're like, what happens if somebody gets hurt? And they're like, we air, we air them to Puerto Rico. I mean, that used to be the traditional thing to do anyways, because it has American standards, American medical doctors, et cetera. Um, the one thing that, you know, I encounter in Calabria and I'd love to have is, and my kid went, there's a very small school there run by a woman who went to Harvard and, uh, but she only takes 24 people. And this is one of the problems for some of the exurbs, so to speak, is good schooling. And that's very important, obviously, for, you know, wealthy people who move down there, successful people. And that's why Dorado with Tassies, which is this American Swiss school, and they're in London and they're in Paris, et cetera. And there's a bunch of very good schools, obviously, in San Juan. But a lot of the um, places, you know, we need more people who have, you know, uh, ed tech or something. It would be great to have better schools around the island. Any questions? So as most of your growth, your, all of your growth seems to be coming from outside. It's coming from like mainland the United States. Is that true? What does that mean? Uh, like, all, there's not, it's not native Puerto Ricans who are buying up all these places in Dorado and all these other places. No, no, no. no. Uh, uh, Dorado, what has happened in Dorado is that uh, the prices have become really... Uh, Palm Beach prices uh, and, and uh, New York prices and the Puerto Ricans are not dumb. Uh, they they have sold their properties and they are buying in similar quality at, at near places. Uh, so that's one economic development good thing for Puerto Ricans because, as again, after Section 936 was taken by Congress, we went into a deep depression in Puerto Rico where we used to build 10,000 homes a year and we went to build less than a thousand. So people lost all their wealth. Uh, the government went to bankrupt. The banks, we were reduced to four banks from 15 banks. Uh, people used to invest in bank stocks and they went a tenth of what they were valued, paying no dividends. So people have been able to restore part of their wealth by selling their properties and buying in in similar places, but not in the Dorado as an example community where the prices have have yeah. gone. And and the reason they have gone. Let's talk about the price appreciation. I mean. Um, Angus, you mentioned a 300%, you know, appreciation on that place in Dorado, but that's a private of the entire marketplace in a more pedestrian sector of the marketplace. Let's just say a million to 2 million or something to that range. How has 
pricing gone in the last five years? How did COVID affect it? Where are you now in relation to 2019? Talk to me um, about that. Quickly, I'm just going to speak as a relative foreigner and coming there intermittently now, even though I have a place down there. Um, I in I go down about twice a year and I go to uh, stay with friends in Ocean Park, which is really more residential. I mean, uh, Condado is sort of the South Beach to Ocean Park, which is, I don't know what, another part of Miami where people would live on the beach. And uh, almost every home, you know, about a year ago was being renovated. Um, the cars went from being Toyotas to Lexi to, you know, uh, Mercedes Benz. Um, you go into the bars and it's uh, much more uh, diverse. You know, it's uh, still largely Puerto Rican, but there's a lot of conversations. There's a huge crypto community. It's very exciting. I mean, as Alberto spoke to, there's this real sense that there's this huge expat community. And frankly, it's not expat. They're all Americans. I mean, you know, and also I do think, um, you know, I think this um, tax availability is also available to um, to resident aliens who are Americans. So if you're from Europe or England and you work in banking in New York, you could move down there and, and take advantage of these huge tax benefits that, you know, anyone that has to pay taxes, the IRS doesn't anymore. So I how about the pricing? I got to push back. We still haven't gotten to the pricing. Right. Uh, pricing? Let, me, let me answer the pricing. Let me yeah. answer, answer the pricing. The pricing in the luxury areas have gone uh, to almost boundless pricing. Uh, in all other areas, we have gone back to where we were in 2010 when the big drop in everything began that everything basically stopped. So what we Why? have been able my why house, did it, my why house. did you go into depression in 2010 why what uh, it was the the effect of uh, the effect of section 936 being repealed in 1996 it it gave a 10 year a uh, transition period where basically a lot of the manufacturing companies began to close but it was a slow closing closing process. And in that process, the government got a lot of money from exit contract uh, clauses. So there was no problem at that time. But after 2006, then the government began to borrow excessively to uh, make up for the difference in revenues. But it was not only that, we had lost of 200,000 jobs in manufacturing, so it went to 80,000. What I so hear we you lost was a th three problems. Too much government debt in the 2006 to 2010. You got whacked by COVID, which shut down the cruise ship and tourism industry for Puerto Rico, right? So we had a oh, well, that, that, that was a blessing. And number three, you had several major hurricanes come through. Well, so, no, and number four, guys, it was the Great Recession, right? And the and recession. Everyone went into the Great Recession. The recession and the bankruptcy of the government. The government went bankrupt, basically. Before, banks were closed. People lost everything in the stock market. They lost on their municipal bonds, which they invested in municipal bonds. Then came the hurricane in 2017, and that's where things began to turn around because a lot of federal help came to Puerto Rico and things began to reactivate itself. Wait, we got headlines here that Puerto Rico's infrastructure was not getting the investment it needed, that the power was out, that people like the federal government uh, I think the Trump administration were accused of underinvesting in the rebuilding of Puerto Rico. That had no, no. The pro the problem is that a lot of that money still have not been spent. Is how slow is the process of rebuilding and substituting a, a, an inadequate. Uh, electrical grid 
that has been not maintained for a lot of years, but that's the bad news. The good news is that it's already been, uh, it took a lot of time, but it's all be, already been uh, uh, re re really restored. Re restored. Uh, the public utility was basically broken down in, in two, one for distribution and one for generation of energy. It was privatized and there's $10 billion available for creating a state-of-the-art electrical grid. Uh, but th these things take a lot of time. There are two bureaucracies, the local one plus the federal one. Uh, but in reality, the hurricane, you saw all the news because it was terrible. It was total devastation. But after devastation, it comes a... Uh, 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 Rebirth. Uh, the only thing that in Puerto Rico is a slow. It's a slower than in, in what you see in the mainland. But can you I see New up? York can after I go the back flooding. To my question? Can I go right. back to my question? I want to try to make this so easy. Right. If I Roberta. bought something in Old San Juan for a million and a half dollars in 2018, 2019, what is that worth today? Is it still in that range or is it no, up? It's, down? it's probably worth three to four, yeah. maybe. It's doubled. Uh, doubled easily. Yeah. And number two is, that is this. indicative of all of San Juan, this? kind of? Okay. No, um, old San Juan. Old San Juan. You, you ask Old San Juan. No, I Old Condado. Old San Juan. Old Ocean. Condado. I can give you by square feet. Old Condado. Uh, in, nine, in 2016, it was $800 per square feet. 2016. Now, a similar property is $2,000 per square feet in Condado. And guys, what it, we're really speaking to, you were asking about it, is there is a huge dearth of middle class to upper middle class housing. And I say this because there is a lot of interest from people, not just to cater to the Dorado and the Palm Beach set, but there's a lot of people who are moving down there that are young entrepreneurs that want a million dollar home and they are finding it, but, but they're finding it very limited. So if you were to take advantage of the fabulous tax benefits that are offered from everything from federal opportunity zones to hospitality and development tax credits that the government of Puerto Rico itself grants you, you would be very welcome to build new housing and um, and I say that because that's what's happening. I have friends. Um, I mentioned somebody's doing 3,000 acres in Cabo Rojo. Uh, I have another guy who's doing a development less than five minutes on the other side of Pinones, which is maybe 10 minutes away from the airport on the other side uh, on the beach. And but that, that's undiscovered. kind of what I was curious about, because I have a dear friend. She has her daughter just got engaged to a guy who is in, you know, in a dot com or what I don't know what he does, but he works virtually and they they're, you know, they're in their twenties and she's like, they live in Puerto Rico. So they live in Puerto Rico. She's, he makes great money and they're paying no taxes. And I'm just wondering, or is it, is a big contingent of the people that you see young people in their twenties and early thirties doing that? A or lot is it of it. Billionaires There's like Paulson. I mean, where no, is no, no, no. It's a lot of youth because they're the people that take the chance to move. Yeah. It's that's why I mentioned schools are important. It's young, you know, and uh, young families who are starting out. And then there's a huge contingent of very high risk, you know, takers. It has been called by New York Times. It's the name of Puerto Rico is Crypto Rico <laughs> because there's a bunch of billionaires down there. I, you mentioned one of them who. Um, is there. And then there's the gentleman who bought the hotel in Vieques. What's his name, Alberto? Uh, Brock Pierce. Brock Pierce. But, you know, there's a whole lot of young, I mean, the land next to me in Calabra was bought by a gentleman named Jason Dorsett. And, you know, he's probably 35 and he has more money than he knows what to do with. And he bought crypto. I think he bought Bitcoin at like $2,000 and bought a lot of it, you know, 15 years ago. And now he's, you know, putting it into real estate, frankly, because he needs some solid assets. 
So you're getting a lot of youth. It's very quite a scene. Cigar bars, etc., all over old. So what's holding you back? You talked about Palm Beach. I'm going to talk. I'm going to tell you. We've just done a, a show in Palm Beach. We're about to do another one on West Palm Beach. West Palm Beach is taking out ads in Times Square, big billboards that talk about Wall Street South. They are not talking about the traditional Florida tourism. Uh, as a bedrock. They are talking about Wall Street South and guys like Ross and Ken Graham are bringing hundreds of very smart Ivy League educated uh, millennials down there and employing them and building towers for them in West Palm Beach. Why, with these tax incentives, isn't Paul, uh, Puerto Rico further along? You've it talked about resorts but we really haven't talked about putting in the infrastructure to support something, a non-tourism industry. No, we. Uh, what I'm saying is when we, when Alberto and I have been talking about these so-called resorts, really they're, they have a hotel and it's not even the anchor. They are full on neighborhoods. They're thousands of acres that have, you know, what they're like Beverly Hills. I mean, they are not structured uh, necessarily homes. They might have guard, you know, guard, a toll boost when you drive through it. And after that, it's this. But San Juan is this incredibly vibrant town that has spectacular tourist areas. And its biggest thing is that, you know, it is bleeding out quicker and quicker. There's more and more upper middle income housing as, you know, because there's such limited, um, you know, frankly, luxury housing. So, um, But what do those I'm, people do for a living? The people who moved down. Banking, there. hedge funds, huge hedge funds. Uh, um, Tomba, what's the gentleman's Tomba? He, he moved his hedge fund down there, Alberta. Um, basically, we have retired hedge fund uh, guys that are opening their next hedge funds. Uh, Jean-Louis Le July, uh, he is an example. Uh, uh, he used to be the co-founder of, of SBF in New York. Uh, uh, and and then we have top 10 uh, hedge funds. Uh, Millennium is silently uh, with an operation in Puerto Rico, Pantera Capital, which is the probably the main crypto fund, serious hedge fund, uh, move their headquarters in Puerto Rico. And that's uh, my friend uh, Dan Moorhead that acquired uh, Royal Isabella and have great plans for Puerto Rico. He has become a true believer in Puerto Rico and, and its future. And he will be doing great things out of Isabella. Uh, and, and so who moves here? Uh, financial industry, insurance industry. We have a international insurance law that are doing captives and are doing PPLs from here. We have an international insurance uh, banking law that provides these same benefits of 4% uh, that is also uh, growing. Uh, and then we have technology, crypto. We have in the crypto sector, we have investors. We have developers of technology. We have some of the top coins developers that have moved to Puerto Rico. When you see that a startup will be taxed at 0% on their exit, you begin to understand why the values in Dorado Beach have gone to where they have gone. Because people that are moving here, it's basically at the beginning were traders eh, that probably they didn't have that big benefit but now the system is colluding in favor of Puerto Rico because the financial advisors are the ones that are telling their clients, look, if you have an exit in the next two or three years, you you number one choice is moving to Puerto Rico. Number two and number three is moving to Puerto Rico <laughs> uh, because it's a zero percent. Capital gain. of capital gain uh, of a huge gain on on a IPO or or a sale of a business. I uh, mean, 
I'm amazed how stupid. Are you a native Puerto Rican? Yes. Have you, where did you grow up in San Juan? Yes. Do you still live in San Juan? Yes. Do the people, <laughs> do the people in Puerto Rico feel the Puerto Ricanos? Do they feel, se sienten que all these people are coming from the U.S. Prices are going up. The driving is out. We actually, there's a, there's a contingent of people, working people, that do not like it. There is a, there is a, a minority of very vocal people trying to, uh, and they're very loud, saying a message that is totally incorrect. And I agree that there are people that, that are, study with me, are in organizations with me like YPO, that they should not better, that end up repeating that same stupidity because uh, these groups, uh, uh, they are advocating political reasons and populist agendas in some things that don't apply. Uh, they are even saying that they don't want an American to move here to Puerto Rico when we have six million Puerto Ricans that have moved mainland uh, to get welfare. And what we are receiving here is top talent that are investing in Puerto Rico and that would have never moved to Puerto Rico. Uh, and, uh, and yes, they are paying taxes indirectly because they are not paying capital gains but they are paying a, a sales tax when they go to different places. They're paying taxes on their cars. Uh, so they are, they are employing people and they are developing businesses from Puerto Rico. So, and also they are paying 4% on active business, 4% of a lot of money. So when you analyze these new residents, are paying a lot more than the local residents, a lot more. So, and then you have people that have never paid a penny on capital gains, criticizing someone that is moving, uh, that will never move to Puerto Rico, that is contributing to Puerto Rico. So it's, it's a ridiculous argument. The, the sad thing is that intelligent people repeat it because they don't take the time to educate themselves mm. of what what is going on but unfortunately those things happen but the feeling is not general and again i say that when i ask all the new residents how they uh, what is that they have liked the most 100% i have received the people because the people of puerto rico are are very welcoming are very passionate uh, are diverse. Uh, they don't discriminate by politics, race, or anything. Uh, is 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 a different kind of ambiance of what these people that are separatists uh, uh, convey, which is ridiculous. It really is ridiculous. We're, we're, when they say, I got to interrupt you. Okay. We're, down, but, uh, we're down to our last minute. I only have I, one. I just want to say one quick thing. If people are moving to Florida because of tax reasons or lifestyle, they're being ill advised. I mean, you know, I mean, there's no, if you're a capitalist and you want maximum return, there's no other place than Puerto Rico. Um, and I don't want to give up my U.S. passport and my U.S. protections. Um, you know, they're stupid to go to Florida to save 4% on or 5% on their state taxes. I mean, they really should be thinking about the offshore haven of Monaco. I mean, of Puerto Rico. Sorry. I'm going to give Roberto the last word, but I am going to say before I check out, please, if you like this show, review us, give us a review and then tell your friends like, follow and share. I will say that I've been to Puerto Rico several times. I'm not an investor. I don't live there 180 days. I loved the convenience of going down there, speaking English, spending dollars, staying at the El Convento Hotel in Old San Juan. Lovely. feeling like I was in an ancient European city and there were great Michelin restaurants, great food. And you're right. 
I got to experience the people and I got comfortable with it. So it wasn't just a tax dodge, wasn't an economic decision. It was a genuinely warm place and I really loved your rainforest. With that, so I, I personally loved my time in Puerto Rico. Roberto? All right, we're clear on Voice America. Great show, guys. Thank you. I think we're literally just scratching the surface. Like we've just been around the perimeter of all the potential opportunities there that I don't clearly yet understand. I'd like to get a little more micro as to what sort of properties can you buy? What can you buy here? What can you buy there? And I'd like to I'd like to potentially explore this again because I did, we talked about so much, but there's so much more to talk about, especially considering it's such a, for lack of a better term, a satellite of like the mainland that is accessible to all of us. It's interesting. Yeah. Next that, time that we do this, I want I want to get into the details because I, I've been there several times. I would only feel comfortable within, say, a half hour of the San Juan airport. The rest of the country feels to me a, a little bit like the Wild West. When you drive it for a couple hours on those highways, you realize that it's largely undeveloped, and you wonder when is uh, John Paulson and a lot of this wealth going to come in and add the infrastructure to the rest of Puerto Rico and you get nervous and you say, I'm not going to, I don't have that kind of time. I think I'll go back to Dorado, Condado and old San Juan uh, until the rest of the country moves further along. Well, well, there's that place called Santurce that used to be the downtown. We lost our downtown when everybody began to go to the outskirts. Now is a redevelopment place, and that's a topic that can be discussed, the opportunities in Santurce. So there are places with opportunities. Santurce is basically a step from Condado. Yeah, it's that's and, and I believe that uh, it's it will be in the next 10 years uh, 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 the hot place uh, because Condado doesn't have a lot more space to, to develop. And, and old San Juan uh, doesn't have a lot more space. And all these uh, have two big avenues. And it's a very livable, walkable place uh, with, with art, theaters. and There's an area also, Alberto, between the old town, the old city, old San Juan, and um, um, Santurce, that's all empty office buildings that, you know, near just on the south of the Normandy area. Where the Normandy Hotel is, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, big, a huge buildings. That are, what's it called? Puerta de Tierra. Puerta de Tierra. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's hot. That'll be artists. And a friend, one of the guys I mentioned, Jason Dorsett, is buying up a lot of that. He's putting in a brewery and a, a rum distillery. You know, where people can just walk and get their booze and you know all that kind of stuff. Puerta de Tierra. What? Puerta de Tierra. Is that what you said? Puerta de Tierra, yes, it, it's between between Condado and Old San Juan. It's a, a, a it's a strip a, that a, has access to the port. One of the developments that will happen is a, a luxury judge marina a, a, near that area that, that is kind of the middle point. Uh, and 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 that's a, that will become a, a, a very hot area. I agree. I mean, in Calabria, there was one island, and I had it under option with Cyril Madunya Alberto, Caya Norte, mm, yeah. and he was poor then, and I was wealthier, and he couldn't come up with his 300000 uh to buy the whole island. It was 400 acres. It's Caya Norte, and now it's been sold to Larry Page of Google, and he paid $38 million, roughly 100000 an acre. Uh, I'm just telling you this story because if- Maybe you, know, you could borrow, money, let him borrow your 300000 Well, smart money is going to Puerto Rico is what I'm really kind of pointing out. You know, if you got the founder of Google buying property down there, you also might want to short Google stock because if he becomes a Puerto Rican resident, he might dump it all. So he only has zero capital gains tax. <laughs> You know, 
All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen. This was this was actually we got we got a lot done in an hour. I mean, we visited the entire island. We heard about the economic benefits. We heard about the diverse economy that includes Johns Hopkins investments in medical and uh, the tourism and now breweries. And, uh, uh, you know, it sounds like a very exciting time. Uh, And I guess the island owes a great thanks to you, Alberto, for passing these laws and these financial incentives that are currently, um, you know, uh, working their magic. So thank you, Alberto. Thank you, Angus. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Happy holidays. We'll come Um, back in January. All right, you got it. Hope to hope to keep this conversation. Happy holidays. Bye bye. You too. Bye bye.